everybody on a Monday. Trash Talk Tony Brosky is underway with yours truly. It's great to have you in here on the show today. In the call, most of the guys are all here. Eli Bashi, Mike Billica, and Grant Richards. Jay Horn's not here today. Uh, let's say he had a little bit of too much fun last night. <laughs> so uh, because of that, I told him just... Get some rest this morning, and he, he, he'll he be all right. Uh, he'll be back with us next week. But in the call, as I mentioned, all the rest of the guys are all here. Let's start this week in reverse alphabetical order. Let's switch things up, shall we? Let's begin with Grant Richards. How are you today, Grant? How was your weekend in Nashville? As always, Mike, take it away from me. How did the sports betting go this weekend? <laughs> Nashville was absolutely electric. Um, I missed doing stupid stuff like that and just kind of living life, I guess. I had a wonderful weekend, um, still recovering. Work has been absolutely brutal so far, but uh, we're getting through it on a Monday. And uh, sports betting was nice. Hit, kind of cashed a five-leg parlay on, what was that, Sunday, Friday, Saturday? I don't know. One of those days, but uh, that covered my bar tab for the last two days I had been there. So, I mean, what more can you ask for? It was Friday, by the way. I know that because that was our big day together, <laughs> which we'll talk about more in a second here. But with regards to the national trip, I-, I think I asked you this already, so I apologize. But was this your first time to Nashville? No, I had actually gone to Nashville mm. in 2019 for the NFL draft, or at least the last two that's days of it. That's right, that's right. But were you over yeah. 21 for that? Yes. Oh, okay. Was, okay, yeah. so this yeah. was not your first time to Nashville. Okay. But man... No, but this was my first time back since not having mm-hmm. opportunities like this for a year plus. Mm-hmm. So it felt like a new time. It was like going to the Tigers game for the first time again. <laughs> Just a whole new experience. Man, Nashville's great, isn't it? <laughs> it is. No covers for like most bars. So, I mean, that's fun. I don't know. I would recommend getting down there whenever anyone can. Yeah, Nashville's great. I went a couple years ago. I wasn't 21. I got to go back there now that I'm – over the age, but, but no, Nashville is great. And uh, Grant's first night there, he made the comment to me. He's like, man, I wish they had a baseball team. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a, a major league team. We, we wish that they had a major league team. And, you know, there's been some there's been some talks that they might get one soon. But for sure, man, I would love to get down there for like a major league baseball game. I got to get down there for a Preds game, a Wings-Preds game, because those – those national fans down there, they love their Predators. Oh, my goodness. I made the comparisons to, like, a like a soccer feel to it. They go crazy for their Preds games, especially in the playoffs. Uh, I remember a couple years ago when they made their Stanley Cup Finals run. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> the crowd was electric for every one of those home games. But, yeah, Nashville's a great time. Good to hear that you had a... A fun weekend, Grant. It's good to hear that you basically got all your money back from the bar because of sports betting. <laughs> it was a winning week for Grant. What's new there? For me, it was also a winning week. I had my bounce back week. Outside of Saturday, I hit at least one bet every day this past week. And Friday was the big day for me and Grant. I don't think either one of us lost a bet on Friday. For me, I hit three straight bets and then hit a three-team baseball parlay that I used for drinks on Saturday night. <laughs> oh, it was a good time. It was a good it was a good sports betting week for the both of us. Grant, let's keep it rolling, shall we? <laughs> All right, let's continue on here. Uh, Mike Billica, how are you today, Mike? Uh, with regards to your summer class, you got to be ending pretty soon, aren't I you? I am. Yep, uh, I should be done within two weeks. Hey, so. now. And then you're done for the summer. Yes, sir. Hey, now. <laughs> Can't complain hey. about that. No, you cannot at all. But how are you doing today? Pretty good, pretty good, you know. With with regards to the Nashville comment, though, um, oh. Tropicana's waiting to be demolished, so that's a team I could, I could see moving to Nashville. You know, they're looking to move Tampa Bay out of there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> 
Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, you could bring up the A's too, but. Well, we know where the A's are going. I, I would think they keep them out west. I, I don't think they we're, move the we're A's getting over a return. to the east coast. Yeah. We're, we're getting a return of the mixture of baseball and football. The Vegas A's, maybe. <laughs> oh, no, let's not do oh, that. Yes. No, let's not put the A's in Allegiant Stadium, please. Yes, no. yes they will. Grant, no, Grant. Give, give me the dirt field. Give me the dirt <laughs> Raiders field. Stadiums I are love back. It. No, 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 no. So sick. We've been over this. No. <laughs> let's go ahead and not do that. Thank you very much. But, um, Mike, it's time for Hockey Talk with Tony and Mike. Oh, How are you boy. feeling about your Canadians tonight as they get ready for Game 1 in Vegas? Speaking of Vegas, the Canadians are in Vegas to take on the Golden Knights. How are you feeling? I'm scared. <laughs> it, go- it might be ugly. The Golden Knights are heavy favorites tonight and in oh, the series. I bet they are. <laughs> Let me check the line right now. So the line for tonight is Vegas Golden Knights. The money line is minus 260. That is not normal. Oh, no. <laughs> not not. <laughs> that is not normal in the slightest. But you know what? Anything can happen in hockey. If your goalie's hot, that's usually how these like fairy tale stories start. And Montreal's got that going for them. They got Carey Price playing like vintage Carey Price. So I guess you never know. My prediction is Knights in five. I'll give the Canadians a game, but. In Montreal. In Montreal, yes. I would be stunned if the Canadians get a win in Vegas. And as I say, they'll watch them win game one tonight. But I don't know. We'll see. But regardless of what happens, Mike, they made it this far. (laughs) They are the best team in Canada. You can't take that away from them. They are kings of the north. Kings Uh of the north. There you go, Mike. (laughs) Better than Toronto. That's for sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh goodness last but not least eli bashy how are you today eli and same thing with mike you have to be ending your summer class pretty soon correct yeah a week from today is my final Ooh. um i also have an exam today oh. in about an hour oh boy so yeah we're uh we're wrapping it up <laughs> well with that how about we waste no more time and just get right into the show then <laughs> But you're, you're doing good today, Eli, besides the fact that you got school and all that. Yeah, I can't wait to see the Canadiens lose. <gasps> Disgusting. <laughs> I mean, Eli, who would you rather have in this situation? Because there was going to be a Canadian team in this spot. Would you rather have Toronto? Toronto. Oh, stop. I will never root for any Montreal team in my entire life. Well, I if never will Montreal, either, but... I'd want Edmonton. Yeah, if there was any one of those four Canadian teams, I would have preferred Edmonton because of Conor McDavid, but... You know. <laughs> like the geography. I mean, I would cheer for the Canadiens, but, you know, I, I don't speak French, you know? <laughs> it's okay. You know They're a little translated. French. I do, but not enough to conversation you with, spoke french last week did you not i did but i'm i do not know enough to you know read their tweets well keep the keep the tradition going on trash talk you want to speak some french for us before we get the show going no i i'm good i i don't want to associate myself with the canadians <laughs> well with that let's get the show rolling <laughs> good to have everyone back on the show this week so later on in the program, we will talk about the NBA playoffs. As per the usual, we'll go over our thoughts on what has happened over the past week. But to start the show today, let's have a little bit of fun. And let's revisit our trip to Comerica Park last week. <laughs> so obviously everyone listening to this knows that last Tuesday night, I think it was, the Trash Talk crew went to Comerica Park to see the Mariners and the Tigers. I've already spent some time with Tyler talking about what happened um in section 104 which by the way shameless plug tiger talk with tyler new episodes each thursday check it out if you haven't yet shameless plug i know but i had to get that out there but no i've already talked to tyler and we've discussed our thoughts on the fun that we had but the rest of the crews also got to mention what happened on tuesday (laughs) so let's start with this outside of jay and he's not obviously here to talk about it but outside of jay grant 
Mike and Eli, this was your first experience in Section 104. Any one of you can talk. We, we're going to get all your thoughts in here anyway, so whoever wants to start can go, and then whoever wants to follow can follow. Did Section 104 live up to the hype? And also, what was your favorite moment from Tuesday night's game in Section 104, also known as the Robbie Grossman Fan Club? Um, I'll, I'll just go. But, uh, I had less expectations than I think a lot of people did coming into that game. Um, I've been to some Tiger games, and I've been rowdy at Tiger games, but that was a completely different experience than anything ever. That didn't feel like a foot or a baseball environment. Um, just with how into it we were getting constantly in Mitch Hanniger's ear, which um, to answer your second question was definitely my favorite part was just yelling random things at Mitch um, in route to an over five performance. <laughs> um, I think just looking back on that and knowing that Mitch Hanniger didn't reach base is the funniest thing in the world to me. But uh, I, I mean, there was that one chant where I don't even know who started it, but People started calling Mitch Hanniger Peter Griffin. Oh, well. Just the Peter Griffin chants were top tier. I, I think that's – like, he went 0 for 3 after that. <laughs> well, so that was pretty sweet. <laughs> we we uh, did start a Peter Griffin chant. Shout <laughs> out to North Macedonia for that one. Oh, that dude was wild, man. That was his first baseball game. <laughs> and speaking of Toronto, he had the <laughs> – he had the Blue Jays cap underneath his Tiger hat. Oh, I, I told him this to his face on Tuesday, and I'll say it again right now. Uh, I'll give him props for that, man. He 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 wore both hats. He didn't want to take off the Blue Jays hat, he, so he wore the Tiger's hat over it. I'll give him props for that. But, uh, Grant, is there anything else that you want to add about the game? I want to shout out Tyler for the wave. That was, I mean... From start to finish, he got it going in like 30 seconds. Um, no thanks to Section 105, but oh. <laughs> no, that was – I don't know. I, like, I'm dying to go back after that. Even if the Tigers had lost, that still was an incredible experience. I would recommend everybody getting out to Section 104 when any number of the Trash Talk boys are in attendance. Well, listen, I've already had a bunch of people tweet at me, and they're like, hey, I want to go to Section 104. And I'm like, that's that's what I'm talking about. That's what we love to see. You know, Tyler and I, on the latest episode of Talking Tigers with Tyler, make sure to go check that out. But on that last episode, when we were talking about Section 104, uh, Tyler brought up to me how he wants to turn, like, that little area of right field into, like, you know, kind of what we see at Yankee Stadium, but a little bit more PG, a little bit more family-friendly. We want to turn that right field area into, like, the hype section, if you will. And it surely is electric when me and Tyler go. <laughs> and, you know, Grant brought up the wave. Uh, was that your first time experiencing a Tyler wave? Because that's just normal to me at this point. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I had never gone to a baseball game with Tyler. I've seen the wave constructed many times, but just one man just just yelling one, two, three <laughs> got so many feet people on their feet so quickly. It was and then watching that thing go around three or four times despite your typical Tuesday night attendance. Yeah. Well people were having fun, man. The Tigers were up at that point. It was a good time. But no, um we've gotten the wave going at Comerica Park a few times, including at one of the games we went to earlier this year, I, I do not kid when I say that we got that thing going around Comerica 20-plus times. It just kept going and going and going and going and going and going. We're like, oh, my goodness, it won't stop. And I I counted over 20, so that was a lot of fun. Uh, we got to go in at Little Caesars Arena as well for a Wings game. We got to do Pistons still. We got to do Pistons, but we got it at a Wings game. And we also got it going at world famous Toledo. <laughs> so yeah, the the wave, ty, the, those Tyler waves, they're different, man. <laughs> they are so different. Um, but let's go to let's go to Mike now. I know I said um, anyone could speak here, but let's go to Mike because he had his mic unmuted and I feel like he had something to say. So Mike, same thing to you. What was what was your thoughts on section one hundred and four? What was your favorite part of the night? I had high expectations, and they were exceeded. It, it was actually unbelievable. <laughs> it was a great time. 
I probably won't have that much fun at a Tigers game ever again. Like, more fun than that. Maybe the same amount. But it was it was so much fun. And the Tyler wave was actually unbelievable. Like, I... I I was in disbelief how easily he got it started. It, it was just so, like, effortless. I will say, because of the section that we were in, it was easy to get that thing going. I mean, Tyler even told me, it's going to be so easy to get this wave going. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> it, it's taken a lot more effort in games where, you know, we don't know that many people. <laughs> but we still get it going. I, I think we've had one failed wave attempt and that was the infamous Gregory Polanco video <laughs> where I just screamed Gregory help us and then he like turned around and he just <laughs> just threw his arms in the air <laughs> oh that was great shout out to Gregory Polanco you're still my favorite Pittsburgh pirate but um with regards to Mike the second he saw the guy behind us had a Modelo that's just when Mike unlocked, man. That's just oh, when no, Mike started man. to stand up and he was he was chanting and he was <laughs> he was having a good time. But speaking of chants, Mike, what would you say was your favorite chant and favorite part of the night though? Oh, there were so many to choose from, but um it's probably the one I probably can't say on air. Let's get um you know. Oh, oh yeah, <laughs> the one that probably got us in trouble with Comerica Park Security. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that was easily my favorite one. Yeah, <laughs> let, let, yeah, that that chant is going to uh, never be heard from us again. <laughs> hey, we got we got away with it at least. We didn't get kicked out. Oh, yeah, we got in trouble, but <laughs> I don't even know if that was the reason why we got in trouble. I mean, yeah. one of the one of the guys behind us kept on dropping f bombs, and I was like, man, there's a kid in front of us. We got to keep it PG and. I, I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. But yeah, um, that chant was... Uh, TikTok enjoyed it, that's for sure. <laughs> oh, TikTok definitely enjoyed it. But good to hear that Mike had a good time. And with regards to your comment that you're not going to have that much fun again, that is such a lie. Because the next Trash Talk game, because we are going to do another one at some point this summer... We're gonna make it so much better. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna top the expectations of the last one. <laughs> Lastly, Eli Bashi, same thing. Did the expectations live up to the hype of Section One Hundred Four? And what was the best part of the night for you? They did. It very much lived up to it. The best part of the night probably was just the back and forth between us and Mitch, or us and Robbie Grossman. Just, you know, every time Robbie comes out of the dugout, run into his spot, we just give him a standing ovation and we start our Robbie Grossman chant. And then all he has to do is point or look at us, just acknowledge us in some way, and we just go crazy. That was probably my favorite thing. I just wish Robbie answered the one question we had about the Oakland Coliseum, but it's fine. Next time. Well, he answered that question for Tyler in the past. He, like, he acknowledged it. <laughs> but, yeah, man, Robbie Grossman. Shout out to Robbie Grossman. Shout out to Robbie Grossman, man. It's, it's called the Robbie Grossman Fan Club for a reason, okay? Robbie's the man. <laughs> Dude, when I saw the lineup card that day, and I saw that Robbie was in right, I lost my mind <laughs> because of that exact reason. I knew we were going to have a great time with Robbie and Wright, and we did. Again, one more time, shout out to Robbie Grossman for being a good sport. And we did we did get confirmation that he loves us. So that that's what counts, right? That's what counts. He, we got confirmation that he loves us, which is awesome to hear. Um but one last thing about Section 104 in the game on Tuesday night. I asked Mike what was his favorite chant from Tuesday. I'm going to ask the other two gentlemen the same question. Let's start with Eli since he just talked. Eli, your favorite chant from uh, Tuesday night's game. I'd probably say the uh, maybe the 0 for 5 because I think we were really in Mitch's head, man. Like, I mean, you guys told me he's the best player on the Mariners. 
Okay, and no, he, he, he is the best player on the and, <laughs> He is the I best mean, player on the for, Mariners. For him to go 0-5, it just it can't be a coincidence, you know? <laughs> I think 104 got to him just a little bit, but didn't last for very long because um, not the next game, but the day game in that series, he had a two-homer performance. So <laughs> he used the uh, frustrations probably from, from us and used that to... He had a two-homer game <laughs> on, uh, what would that be? It would be Thursday afternoon. But, yeah, the 0 for 5 chant was, uh, <laughs> that was that was a fun one. That was a fun one. Um, Grant, same thing to you, and you'll have the last word on our fun on Tuesday. What was your favorite chant from that game? Definitely just the roll call, uh, getting everybody in the outfield involved from even hearing our guy in left field, like getting some love. That was amazing. I believe that was Badu. It was Badu. Yeah, it took it, was it took Badu. a lot of a lot of air and a lot of vocal cord strength to, <laughs> to do that because he was playing far over and left. I mean, I had to really, really scream to to get his attention. I was like Badu, Badu, but. He he acknowledged us. <laughs> he acknowledged us. Um, Derek Hill as well. We did a little Derek Hill. He did a little like chest bump. Yeah, we got his attention as well. But yeah, it it was fun seeing the amount of people get involved in um, the the Robbie Grossman fan club. I mean, people from even other sections were getting involved. Not 105, but. You know I'm talking about the buckle. <laughs> Shout out to the buckle, man. Great to meet him on Tuesday night. And yeah, Grant, I agree with you. It was great to see so many people get involved. Not just from 104, but everywhere else too. And we were heard all over the stadium as well. I got confirmation from the first baseline, the third baseline, left field, behind home plate and the press box <laughs> that we were heard all across the park. So it was awesome. Just final thing on that. I wonder how much that actually rallies the Tigers. Like they hear people showing up. They hear people getting loud, getting a little chippy. I'm a big fan of home field advantage. And I think just hearing a section just get after it, might fire the boys up a little bit, especially with, what was that, our, the first game full capacity available? Yes, that was the first game with quote-unquote full capacity, but they, they were never selling out full capacity at Comerica Park against the Mariners on a, <laughs> on a on a rainy Tuesday night. But, yes, that was technically the first game where there was, like, no restrictions or whatever. Um, but, yeah, it has to rally up the boys a little bit. I mean, especially after playing a 2020 season in which there was no one at Comerica Park. Yeah, it's got to rally the boys just a little bit. And um, we'll, we'll move into the NBA playoffs in a second here. But Grant, since you're, since you're the one that brought it up, Tyler and I were talking about this the other day. How weird is it to watch whether it would be like football, basketball, hockey, or baseball highlights from last year where there was no one? Compared to this year, where we're at the point now, especially in baseball, where it's full capacity. It's just kind of like, I don't know, it's worse with the cardboard cutouts, hands down. Because if there's just no fans, What's up, you Clippers? can kind of... <laughs> well, that's not because of COVID. That's because they actually have like five fans. Um, and you don't have to say like, I said it, not you, because no one's coming after you for that. Um but no, well, the Clipper it, fan in this chat might. Clipper hey, fan you, number six to. is coming after you. <laughs> Who's number six? Me. You're five. You're number five. Whatever. Oh, boy. Keep hating. I, oh, mm. Reggie Jackson, keep it up. <laughs> keep going, Grant. No, but from last year, it would, it's just kind of that time. You can kind of always be, oh, yep, that was the 2020 season without a doubt in your mind, because there is nobody there. And it's, I would just say it's more refreshing to see even a minimum capacity crowd showing up. Like back in, it's just kind of, we told ourselves, hey, 
these sports aren't that bad without fans. We were wrong. This this was that's brutal without the fans, man. It's just it's not it's not the same experience. It was acceptable last year because we had nothing for so long. <laughs> but yeah, uh, comparing it to having full stadiums again, it's just it's nuts. Again, I talked with Tyler about this. It's just nuts watching highlights from last year, regardless of the sport. And seeing, you know, you see like a homer hit in Comerica Park and it just lands in a bunch of emptiness, <laughs> you know? And now you look at today, the NBA playoffs, arenas are packed and pumping. NHL playoffs, crowds are full too. Baseball, we're at the point where every stadium is starting to, you know, get back to normal and have full capacity. And this fall, obviously, we're going to have full stadiums too, college and NFL which I cannot wait to see Allegiant Stadium full. <laughs> that first Monday night game is going to hit different, man. I am very excited for that. Um, it was kind of just – it was a little disappointing when the Raiders opened up their new stadium and not even Mark Davis was there. I mean, I appreciated his support and, like, solidarity with the fans. Like, if they can't be there, I don't want to. But, uh, yeah, that'll be absolutely – I don't use this word often, but that'll be bonkers. And I'm very excited for it. It'll be great. It'll be so good to see Allegiant Stadium and Ford Field with full crowds again. But yeah, to put a to put an end to this um, this opening segment on Section 104 and our fun on Tuesday, it was a lot of fun. I'm glad that you boys were able to make it out, and I can't wait for the next Trash Talk Tigers game. One last shout out to Robbie Grossman. We love you, Robbie. Number eight on the field, but number one. In section 104's heart. <laughs> okay, let's move into the NBA playoffs now to close out the show. So, I, I want to spend the program talking about two specific series. We'll start with the Suns and Nuggets because that ended last night. Uh, Suns completed the sweep over Denver. And this was a series that the Suns just dominated. <laughs> Especially in games 1 through 3. They completely outworked Denver. And, you know, in game four last night, you can make the argument that, oh, well, the, the Nuggets had no chance after Jokic got ejected, that controversial call. But the way I see it, in games one through three, with Joker, the Suns were still the far better team. Even though he was the MVP of the league, I didn't think he was going to make that much of a difference in this series and game four last night, but that's neither here or there. Regardless, though, Suns completed the sweep. They're moving on to the Western Conference Finals, and... Last night, oh my goodness, they just showed, well, they showed in this entire series, but especially last night, they showed how dangerous they really are. <laughs> I mean, specifically with Chris Paul and Devin Booker, you know, CP3, I tweeted out during the fourth quarter last night, it's hard not to root for him. It's really, really hard not to root for him. And last night, 37 points, 14 and 19 from the field, 7 assists, 3 rebounds, 2 steals, and only 2 turnovers. He was great, and then also Devin Booker. I've mentioned multiple times on the show how big of a Devin Booker fan that I am, and to see him popping off the way that he is, and last night, 34 points, 11 rebounds, 4 assists with a steal in 41 minutes, it's great. <laughs> it is so great, and it's, it's easy to root for Chris Paul, but I also think it's easy to root for this Suns team because, you know, the broadcast on TNT mentioned it last night, this team had 19 wins a few years ago, and now they have that quick turnaround to the point where they might be the favorites in the West, and that's that's the question I want to talk about for a little bit here. So let's start with Eli. The question I want to ask you with the Suns and with them sweeping Denver is, are they the favorites in the West? Is there anyone that can really stop this team in the West, whether that would be the Clippers or the Jazz? Um, well, you know, when we first did that show before the playoffs started, you asked us our favorites, and I believe I said Suns-Nets would be the finals. So Suns have always really been my favorite. Um, I thought the hardest challenge for them would be getting past the Lakers, and I'm pretty sure that's going to be true. <laughs> um, I don't – I just can't see the – the Clippers or the Jazz just beating what the 
the level of like momentum that the Suns have right now. I mean, they just swept the league MVP. And I'm pretty sure a lot of people probably picked the Nuggets in that series. A lot of people probably picked that series to go six or seven. I know I did. Um, I don't think anyone expected it to be a sweep, but the Suns dominated. Chris Paul looks great. I just hope he can stay healthy. I think if they stay healthy the rest of the way, they have to be the favorite in the West. I just, I don't know if the Jazz or the Clippers can compete with them. <laughs> I don't. I mean, Eli brought up a good point that I think we all expected this Nuggets-Sun series to go at least six or seven games. And, again, Phoenix dominated them. <laughs> they swept them. And, you know, last night, oh, well, maybe Denver could get a game if they don't throw out Jokic for that BS call. I, I said it already, I'll say it again. In games one through three, Joker was there, and it didn't make a difference. <laughs> and the Suns were winning when Joker was in the game. They were blowing them out in games one through three with Joker. They were blowing out the Nuggets. But still, though, I, I, I don't know if anyone can really compete with the Suns in the West right now, whether that would be Utah or the Clippers. But they still got to get through their series. The Suns, this could be a good or a bad thing, the fact that they've got so much time to rest now because – the Clippers and Jazz, game four is tonight, and the the odds have the Clippers favored by, I think it was like five points. So if it gets evened up at two, Suns are going to be sitting for a while. Could be a good or a bad thing, but I don't know. We'll see. Uh, Mike, same question to you. I mean, do you think the Clippers or the Jazz can really compete with this Phoenix Suns team that just blew through <laughs> Denver? I do. <clears throat> I think the Western Conference Finals is going to be competitive because – um, I mean, both the Clippers and Jazz have pretty decent teams, and they they can definitely compete with the Suns. But I don't know. I really don't know who's gonna win it. I really don't. I, I if I had to pick, I'd probably pick the Suns just because of how how they looked last round. But you know, the unpredictability gets me excited. I mean, I mentioned after the Suns took down the Lakers that I was gonna be riding with Phoenix now, <laughs> and. It's at a point now where I feel good about the Lakers actually getting two wins off of this <laughs> off of this Suns team. Because again, the, the Nuggets just really weren't that competitive. And seeing the Suns just blow through a team like Denver, and in a sense too, after AD got hurt, seeing the Suns just blow past LeBron and, you know, everyone else <laughs> on that team that I hope isn't there next year. Um... It is absolutely impressive, and it's to the point where we are having this conversation right now about whether or not Utah, who's the number one seed in the West, and a Clippers team led by Kawhi and Reggie Jackson, notice I didn't say Paul George, <laughs> led by Kawhi and Reggie Jackson, we're having the conversation about whether or not they can even compete with this Suns team. I mean, my honest thoughts right now is that I would think they would at least get two games. But even then, do you think maybe that goes seven? I don't know with the way this Suns team just blew past Denver and in a way blew past the Lakers without AD. Um, But Grant, you'll have the final word on the Suns. Um, Again, same question to you. Do you think the Jazz or the Clippers can stop this juggernaut of a team right now it's kind of annoying because i feel like the general consensus is on paper the clippers should be doing what the suns are doing right now they should just be kind of waltzing through teams but they don't and they never do and i'm sure there's some deeper meaning behind that but no i i just don't think anyone can hold on with the suns right now they just have the momentum Obviously, like we mentioned, they're probably going to get close to, what, maybe a week off if this game goes 2-2 tonight. So it's going to be the rest versus rust. But I think this is a good time just to get everyone's durability kind of back up. Obviously, we mentioned Chris Paul has a tendency to get hurt a little bit. But if if injuries are turned off for the rest of the playoffs, I don't think anyone in the West is keeping up with Phoenix. They're just They're hot right now. They're frisky. They just they get after it day in day out. Um, I also love their fans wailing on um, 
wailing on other fans and then telling them very promptly, uh, Suns and four. I love that video. But no, I I want these series to be competitive, obviously, but maybe Utah can hold on if they can beat the Clippers, which I mean the fact that Utah's not just walking through LA right now is kind of telling that these are evenly matched teams and I think the Suns are better than both of them. You brought up the Suns fans and we've had the, you know, conversation a few minutes ago about having fans back. Last night in Denver, man, the Suns <laughs> their fans showed up, man. That was awesome to see. And I, I've mentioned this already, but again, it's easy to root for the Suns team. It's so easy to root for them because I think Eli tweeted this last night. Correct me if I'm wrong, Eli, but didn't you mention on Twitter last night, like, about the whole 19-win quick turnaround thing for the Suns and how that could be, like, encouraging for the Pistons? Did you not tweet I, that last I night? Did. I yeah. did. Um, shout out to Gavin, Pistons photographer. So we, uh, he posted a very nice picture of our three rookies last year. Um, I've been waiting for a picture like that that has all three of them in it, and I finally got one. And it was the perfect picture for that tweet. And it uh, kind of blew up a little bit. But, uh, yeah, the Suns won 19 games two years ago. Pistons won 20 this year. Granted, it was 10 less games <laughs> that we had uh, than the Suns. But, uh, yeah, I mean, if that's not encouraging for a rebuilding team to see, like, okay, they did this in two years. Like, why can't we? And the East is even weaker than the West, so um, it, it, it would be interesting. I, I, I could see uh, Dwayne using that to motivate our players, you know? He'll say, you know, look at them. They, they won 19 games, and then two years later, they're in the Western Conference Finals. I mean, that could be you guys, you know? Just got to put the work in. Got to get the right pieces around them. Make some trades if you have to. Um, but it can happen. Draft lottery in eight days? Eight days, right? Uh, I believe it might be the same day as my final. It's next Tuesday, I thought. 22nd. Oh, okay. Day after. Hold yeah, on. Yeah. Where's my Tuesday. calendar? Where's my calendar? So today's the 14th. Yeah, eight days. Tomorrow will be a week from the draft lottery. We're getting close, boys. <laughs> We're getting if, close. I will just say to all the listeners, if you believe in a God, go pray for us. <laughs> Depending on what happens, we'll have to... Well, I shouldn't say that. I think we'll have to record an emergency episode on Wednesday regardless. But It's, it's either going to be very depressing or we are going to be ecstatic. <laughs> There's not going to be any in-between. There's a lot of options for the Pistons in which I would be happy with. There's one option where I would be thrilled. And there's one option where I would not be very happy. Don't there, there's Oh, and I by the way, I went on record the other day. I was talking to Koo. Shout out to Koo. Uh, doing a great job on the Locked On Pistons podcast, by the way. Um, go listen to that when you're done listening to this. Uh, Koo and I were talking, and I told him if we get the first pick, the fifth pick, or the sixth pick, I will delete my Twitter. He's trying to delete his Twitter so I bad. will delete my Twitter if we get the first, fifth, or sixth. Because if have we get the first, that out? I have not yet. But it is stated on record. I have witnesses. Um, Yeah, because let's say we get the first pick. I'll be like the sacrifice, the sacrificial lamb, you know? Mm -hmm. But then we get fifth or sixth, and I want nothing to do with this team on Twitter. I don't want to be there to see the the outrage. I, I just don't want to be there. So, you know, it's worth it. Oh, boy. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm not ready at all, but <laughs> we'll worry about that when the time comes next week. And, yeah, I would say depending on what happens, we'll record an emergency episode on Wednesday, but... Let's be real here. Whatever happens, we'll need to talk about it. <laughs> so we'll see you next Wednesday. But, yeah, going back to the NBA playoffs, though, um, the Suns look unstoppable in the West right now. And to transition to our final topic here for the day, we thought the Nets looked unstoppable. And it might be a good thing that Jay's not here because he might just 
he might have just left the call <laughs> as soon as I say this, but this is the question I have. Are the Nets really unstoppable now? The injuries are starting to pile up. Harden, we don't know how close he is or isn't to coming back. Now Kyrie's got an ankle issue, and without those two, last night, game four in Milwaukee, oh boy. <laughs> I mean... Milwaukee in games one through three did not play all that good. That is fair to say. But last night, Milwaukee looked really, really good. It seems like the momentum has swung into their favor. Now the series is tied at two. And I don't know. Let's start with Eli again, if you don't mind, Eli. Am I crazy to question whether or not the Nets are unstoppable in the series right now? No, I think after Kyrie went down, I don't know the prognosis on him. Um, but if Kyrie is not healthy, I don't think Kevin Durant can carry that supporting cast because the Nets sold all their depth to get those three superstars. And with two of them out, I mean, all they had really was their top three guys. And then what do you have? You have an 80-year-old Blake Griffin who has a Blake and Bruce. Knee. Yeah, and then you have Bruce Brown who's playing center. Like, that's how you know that their roster ain't really that deep because you got a 6'4 Bruce Brown playing center. I, I don't trust their depth. Um, I don't think they really have much if they're to, uh, two of their top three guys are out. KD... I mean, look, KD is still a top 10 player in the league, maybe top five. Oh, for sure, for sure. But I don't think he looks the same as before he tore his Achilles. And I don't think he can carry a team the same way he once maybe was able to, but we'll never know if he was able to carry a team because, you know. <laughs> I know sold Mike his, I know sold soul for, that comment. Sold his soul for <laughs> some rings, you know. Mike will enjoy that comment. Yeah, I completely agree, Eli. <laughs> uh, Mike, before we get to you, um, I want to get to Grant before he has to run off back to work. So, Grant, you can talk and then leave if you have to. Um, but same question to you. I mean, seeing what happened in Game 4 yesterday in Milwaukee and seeing the injuries now begin to pile up for Brooklyn and seeing the momentum kind of swing into Milwaukee's favor here now that it's tied at 2, are you kind of in lockstep with me and Eli? Are you kind of questioning if the Nets are really unstoppable right now in this series? I mean, I would say I'm hand-in-hand hand with you guys under the circumstances that the Nets aren't – they're beatable now. But they're not exactly the Nets. You know, it's Kevin Durant and, like we've said, Kevin Durant and, like, Bruce Brown at center and Joe Harris occasionally. Like, it's not – KD, Kyrie, and Harden anymore. So, yeah, the Nets as an organization are very beatable, and I wouldn't be surprised if these injuries keep out Harden and Kyrie that I don't think they're going to be favored to win any of these games. I mean, Giannis and Chris Middleton have kind of been what the Nets are trying to do when they're not healthy or when they are healthy, which, again, they all come back. We turn off injuries for this series. I think the Nets kind of – walk over Milwaukee, but maybe not. I mean, Milwaukee's definitely definitely learned from that, what was that, 60-point beatdown a um, couple games ago? It was, it was a blowout, to say the least. Yeah, so to see them kind of switch up and actually come alive in the series, I would be very nervous as a Nets fan. Like, very, very nervous. The early line grant for... Tuesday night's game five in Brooklyn, by the way. You want to give me a quick prediction, Grant, of what you think it is? I'm going to say Bucks by five. It is Brooklyn plus two and a half. Hmm. So you are, you're you're correct. They're, Brooklyn's not even favored at home. <laughs> yeah. That Vegas is usually never wrong about that kind of stuff. And again, Grant, if you have to bounce, we always appreciate the time. Um, but Vegas is usually never wrong about this kind of stuff. And, I mean, they, they are wrong occasionally, but most of the time when they release these lines, they're telling you something that you might not usually think of, if that makes sense. Um, 
But I think Grant brings up a good point. If if Brooklyn only has KD and a 70-year-old Blake and Bruce Brown at center, <laughs> are they better than this Bucks team? Vegas is telling you no. Because in Brooklyn, the early line is Nets plus 2.5. And, and if Giannis keeps playing the way that he is, you know, last night, game 4, 34 points and 12 rebounds. If Middleton's playing the way that he is, he had 19 points on 7 to 15 shooting. And if P.J. Tucker is playing the way that he is, kind of getting into KD's head a little bit, and offensively, 13 points, 7 rebounds, 5 of 8 from the field, 3 6 from downtown, if those three specifically play the way that they are, and if Drew Holiday can try to figure it out because he hasn't been great in this series, then Brooklyn might absolutely be in trouble. And it might be a good thing, as I said earlier, it might be a good thing that Jay's not here, because <laughs> I don't think he would enjoy this topic, but it's legitimate, right, Eli? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, Milwaukee looks a lot better. Brooklyn looks like those injuries are really taking a toll. Um, I mean, when your second-best player on your team is either Joe Harris or 80-year-old Blake Griffin, I mean, <laughs> that's tough. <laughs> I'm not going to get ahead of myself because this series is far from over. But oh, if Brooklyn gets bounced in the second round, <laughs> I would I would love that. Personally. I don't think Jay would come back on this show. I'd love it, man. Just a com- just completely new faces in the finals. I I, I would love that. Let's wow, go- unpredictability in NBA again. <laughs> uh, like. Wow, a, a super team that's not going to be in the finals. I, it's just so exciting. I love it so much, and I want it so bad. Mike, let's get your thoughts in here, too. Go Bucks! I, I can't stand the Nets. I really can't. They, they literally were trying to ruin the league, and now they just got ruined. So, um, you know, it's, it's just how it goes. You try to ruin the league, injuries are going to happen. I don't know what to say. It's unfortunate to see the injuries, though. You never want to see injuries. Um, no, you don't. You really don't. But if you don't have a respect for competition, <laughs> it's out to get you. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, Mike is hes enjoying seeing the Nets struggle a little bit here. Even though, again, injuries, you never want to see them. Um but Mike is having fun right now. <laughs> and with that, let's have a little bit of fun here. So let's say, and again, I don't want to get ahead of myself because the series is far from over, but let's say that the Nets do lose to Milwaukee and we get a Eastern Conference Finals matchup of Philly and the Bucks. Mike, since your mic is unmuted, who would be your hypothetical favorite in that matchup? Because it's always been Brooklyn. But if they don't even make it out of the second round because of these injuries, I mean, who would the favorite Seems like such a good series, though. I, I think I'd go with the Bucks. I, I'm kind of leaning towards Milwaukee, too, because though Joel Embiid is playing well, you still don't know about his knee because he's got a freaking meniscus tear, man. I don't care yeah. if it's small or big. He's got a meniscus tear, man. Like, you don't know how healthy he is or isn't. Danny Green's now out for a couple of weeks, I saw. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of with you there. What about you, Eli? Uh, I definitely, if Milwaukee is able to beat the Nets, I don't think Philadelphia will be a problem for them. I mean, other than a hobbled Joel, I can't see Ben Simmons really doing anything. I can't see Tobias Harris like creating any offense. Tobias is kind of one of those guys that needs other people to get him involved um and then if joel is not healthy i i just milwaukee has too much drew holiday has been a very good addition for them and i think it was worth if they get to the finals them selling their next 10 years of draft picks for drew holiday was probably worth it definitely worth it not even probably if they can get there i think it was it would absolutely be worth it. And I think it would be good for Giannis, too. Because, Well, obviously it would be good for Giannis. But from the standpoint of, you know, so many people roasted him for staying in Milwaukee and signing that Supermax. And in 
the very next season, if he can get to the finals with this Bucks team, that'd be that'd be a good look for him and maybe small market teams. You know, we had the conversation we had the conversation last week about you know what can these small market teams do to compete with super teams, and if this small market Milwaukee team could take down the the big bad Nets with or without injuries, that would that would be a good look, wouldn't it, for the league? Yeah, I, I think agree. it would. But for sure, why were people roasting Giannis? Where do they wanted to go, the Nets, the I Lakers, mean, like Golden State, and Miami super, were the top team? two, the top two sexy attractions. I would say. I mean, I, I don't mean, like I don't like the hypocrisy of the fans because they'll they'll talk about how the super team Nets will ruin the league, but then they want, oh, Dame got to get out of Portland. He's got to go to the Lakers and all that, like. Hey, just that's, at me, just at me. That's that's. <laughs> I only gross. said, hold on, I only said that to see Dame and LeBron together. <laughs> I, I don't think anyone wants to see that outside of Los Angeles and you. Like, no <laughs> one wants to see that. Especially <laughs> four Clippers fans, they don't want to see that for sure. Oh, I don't care what the five Clipper fans have to say. But yeah, <laughs> in the no, cardboard I, cutouts, in the cutouts. I love, I love seeing these teams build through the draft and through trades and not pretty much just buy their team the way the Nets did. That's why it'll be so satisfying to see the Nets lose. It was already oh, satisfying. Oh, you're going on to record see... to say they will lose. No, I'm saying oh. if they do, it will be oh. satisfying. Don't put words in my mouth, Tony. I, okay. I can't bet okay. against that okay. team. Okay, Clipper fan don't, number five. Don't put words in my calm mouth. Calm down, sir. Cannot bet against that team right now unless they're all dead. Oh, and Blake has to put on another mattress on his other knee and carry uh, them. Is he hurt again? Because he didn't play in the second half, I don't think, uh, last game. Uh, they might just be saving him. I was going to say, they might just be <sighs> Steve Nash knew they weren't going <laughs> to win that game. When you have Bruce Brown at center, man, you're really... <laughs> hey, shout out to Bruce, though. He's not playing bad. I mean, he's all hey, they Bruce got. Bruce there. <laughs> Yeah, Bruce. Yeah, free Bruce, if anything. He's too likable to be on that. Put him on the Lakers. Team. <laughs> yeah, and the show. Uh, that's a. Okay. You know what I don't want? I don't. I don't want Nets and Clippers in the finals. The two that, teams that. Like, I I even, would I would refuse to watch. Both of those cities don't even care about those teams. <laughs> New York is a is a Knicks. It's clearly a place. Knicks town. It is. Hello. That's what I mean. I've been the saying. Knicks, the Knicks are poverty, but I mean, and we don't have to even discuss L.A. I mean, that's yeah, no, that's come on. Yeah. I'm gonna say something that's going to get me in trouble, so I'm just gonna leave. <laughs> I'm leaving. Goodbye, everybody. For Eli Bashi, Mike Bilka, Grant Richards, Jay Horn, Tyler Sawa. Thank you all for listening. We'll catch you all soon.